So I'm here, John Swain, at Righteous Slice Pizzeria with the owner, Bill Crawford, who is also a BYU-Idaho faculty member, as yeah. I understand. That's right. Where do you find the time or the balance? How do you balance between both jobs? You know, when I... I've been teaching at BYU-Idaho for a few years, and my... I think it must have been my 10th reunion for my MBA came up. And I knew I was gonna go see all those uh, people who had gone out and done much more exciting and sexy and glamorous things than I had done. And I just thought, could I do more? You know, could I, could I do more? And the thought came to me, expand your capacity. I'm very clearly that thought came, expand your capacity. And I, I didn't act on it right away, but I took that to mean I've got to find a way to do more with what I've been given and that I can actually achieve more than I was doing at the time. Not that teaching was in any way an underachievement, but that for me, my passion and my dreams and my life, I wanted to do more. So. Uh, in business, of course, expand your capacity means find ways to get more done. And if you're a leader, you can learn to rely on other people. And, and so we've built here a business which has systems and processes that allow other people to do what I would do if I were here all the time. So it's a bit of a tightrope for me because you... We're, we're always training new people and there's always mistakes. So this is like a little version of BYU-Idaho. I don't know if you've seen, but BYU-Idaho put students in roles that are pretty visible and important and recognize that mistakes are gonna happen and you gotta let them happen so people can learn. And so that's what I do. So did you go to any formal like cooking school before opening this place up or you kinda had a yeah. general knowledge how to make a good pizza? Well, so I have been passionate about pizza for a long time. And I kept thinking about, I wanted to start a business, but I didn't know what business to start. And I felt like a pizza business, most people discourage you from going into a pizza business because it's very hard work. It actually requires a lot of skill if you're going to do it right. And the hours are long and the pay is often low. So these are reasons to not do it. And I felt discouraged by that, but I just kept exploring, kept pursuing. And eventually, when I couldn't let go of the idea, I did enroll in a pizza school in San Francisco uh, under the instruction of a guy named Tony Gimignani, who I didn't realize at the time, but he's the biggest celebrity in the pizza industry. Uh, he's, he's by far, and he's just become even more influential over the last 17 years, or let's see, how, when did I go to school there? 2012, so 11 years, right? He was, he was highly influential then, probably the most, but his fame and glory have just continued to rise, and, you know, um, and, and so it was a real privilege to be able to go to school with him teaching, and then uh, about a year later, I was still trying to learn Neapolitan pizza 
And Tony taught me Neapolitan pizza, but I wasn't happy with my technique. So I went to a different school in New York with a guy named Roberto Caparuccio, who is also highly regarded. Both of these guys operate pizzerias that are listed in the top 50 of the United States consistently. So um, I learned a lot from Tony. I learned a lot from Roberto. They have very different approaches, very different skills, very different techniques. And then I was able to take what I learned from both of them and adapt that to what I wanted to do. And so, yeah, I did go to some pizza schools, but all of that happened before I came to BYU. So when you're opening, when you were opening this place up, as far as the location and design, was it how it is now? Was that your first vision? When I was at Tony's school in San Francisco, I actually walked around the town and I stumbled into this burger place that it was, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like one of those kind of like city, you know, organic burger, kind of fancy, still fast casual, but pretty good. And they had this really cool upstairs seating in an open kitchen. And so that's where my vision for a two level open kitchen like if you look, we're sitting on the upstairs right now, and you can see down into the kitchen where this massive wood-fired oven is cranking out pizzas at 900 degrees. Yeah. You can that, see the whole process from up here. That original vision happened in San Francisco when I was in Tony's Pizza School. Well, it gets even better because um, I'd been kicking around Rexburg for a while, and my vision was kind of, my, my hopes were kind of small that I'd find some small space to lease and I stumbled into the Hemmings. There was a hot dog place or something that went out of business across the street in Hemming Village. And so I found the president of the corporation and said, hey, I'd like to maybe lease this space from you. And he said, you don't want that space. Mm-hmm. I told him what I was doing with my pizzeria and he laid out the blueprints on the table for this building, which at the time was still the old buildings, houses, apartments. It, it hadn't even been begun yet. And he said, this is what I'm working on. And I pointed at the corner spot and said, that's what I want. And he said, you and everybody else, right? That's the best (laughs) spot in the whole place. I was like, well, I think it'd be great. And then I said, and let me tell you about my vision for the two-story open kitchen, wood-fired oven down in the middle, kind of this dramatic presentation. And and, uh, he liked it. And I already had an architect's drawing from before I moved here. I was working on this in my previous home in Tucson. So I took the architect's drawing and I brought it to him and said, this is what I'm talking about. And a few weeks later, he called me up and I went and looked at his new blueprints, had this as a two-story place in it. I was like, that's pretty cool. Like he redesigned the whole place based on this description I gave him. And then he said, I'll never forget it. We're gonna lease that out to Azupas or something like that. No way. And I was like, but I just told you, like this is my, now you're taking my design and you're, And, you know, the conversation ended there, and I thought it was over for us. And about eight weeks later, he called me up and said, hey, I've got a letter of intent, which is a, it's a non-binding agreement that two parties enter into to um, express that they're both willing to negotiate in good faith for a lease. And he, he gave me that letter of intent, and I signed it. And, you know, a few months later, we had the financing and the deal terms worked out. 
and we were the first ones to sign a lease in the in the Hemming Cedars. So, you know, I know there's all sorts of styles. You mentioned you were in New York. There's a New York style pizza. There's a Chicago style pizza. In your opinion, what is your style of pizza that you guys create here? We built the business on the back of Neapolitan pizza. So Neapolitan pizza is traditionally 11 to 12 inches in diameter. It's gonna have sauce, fresh mozzarella. It's cooked at 900 degrees. And so it's a very soft pizza. There's still a lot of moisture left in it because you can't, can't bake all the moisture off that fast at that temperature, it'll burn. And so it comes out light and crispy when it first comes out of the oven. After a few minutes, it's soft and delicate. Um, it's a moisture pizza. And that's what we built it off of. So the, the, we call our Neapolitan oven Bruno. It's down here, it's 6,000 pounds. It's handmade in Naples, Italy, and was shipped here specifically for us. So we actually ordered that, to ma made to order in Italy, brought here. We hand tiled it, so you can see that it's got this broken light blue tile with orange and yellow on top. That's our Righteous Slice logo. It's a slice of pizza with a halo over it. And uh, so that's a Neapolitan pizza. You can see some down there. They'll have little areas of blister and char and, and a lot of people love them, but they're not the typical familiar American pizza. Yeah. So uh, Italians who come here rave about it. Yeah. And, and a lot of Americans love it, but it's not a very good pizza for carryout or delivery because it gets soft very fast. So that's why last year we invested about $100,000 and around the corner from Bruno, you can see a, a stainless steel deck oven, electrified oven. Yeah. That is a Pizza Master oven, and that, that thing cost us, just the oven and installation was about 50 grand, so it's like a Porsche, you know, it's like, I guess a used Porsche these days, but, yeah. you know, that, that's my, my new um, creation. We make New York-style pizza in that. So those are 18 inches. They're crispier. Mm -hmm. They travel better. Oh, yeah. And so, and, and a lot of people love that. That's becoming ever more popular. Right now, we probably, revenue-wise, we're about 60% Neapolitan pizza and 20% New York pizza. Oh, wow. But I expect by the end of the year, it'll be 25 or 30, and we'll be probably 50%, and you know, it'll, it'll take over. But uh, we don't advertise it right now because it's still, we're still kind of getting good at it. We, we didn't, and so people like it. We're selling quite a few, but yeah. we're not by any means ready to start promoting it. Well, I'm from New Jersey, and I, I think, biasly, that is the best type of pizza in the world. I mean, for me, pizza should be handheld. Mm -hmm. You should be able to take it anywhere, you know? And, um, yeah, that, I don't know, little little soapbox for me. Um, but, you know, being from that area, our pizza places, they usually have the slices or whatever pies right there in front of you. I don't really see uh, like a slice of pizza. Do you guys only sell it by the whole pie? When we um, first opened, we, we, we had considered calling our place Righteous Pizza, Righteous Pie, but uh, one of our partners was adamant that we not use the word pizza because pizza has so many meanings that are basically not good. You know, 
that it's a thing that's going to make you feel sick in your tummy, <laughs> that you're going to get a big doughy glob of stuff or whatever else. And so what people in America typically think of as pizza, this is so different. We wanted to have something that, that set it apart. And so we called it Slice. Uh, of course, that a lot of people thought we sold slices, and uh, we didn't. And so it was kind of an embarrassing mistake, but uh, we've kind of overcome it. We never designed it to display the slices, but we do sell cheese and pepperoni slices, pretty good size. Like it's a it's a one sixth of a eighteen inch pizza, so it's a almost as big as your face kind of slice <laughs> of pizza, and uh, and we do that now. But we keep them in the back and heat them when they're ordered. And we just have Cheryl joining us. Uh, you let us know what you do for the company and tell us all about it. You know, he's just telling us, you know, when when the place got started and how the designs came apart, you know, uh, came to be. But what what is your take on uh, Righteous Slice as a business? As a business, yeah. it's been an adventure for sure. <laughs> it's been pretty good. It's it's been we knew that we had a lot of things figured out and we knew that we didn't know much more. And I think that we finally got to the point where we feel like we understand most of everything and the things we don't understand, we know who to ask. <laughs> so that's been helpful. Um, my role mostly right now is just getting, sh making sure all the bills get paid getting all the paperwork done, all of that, all of that stuff that's necessary, but annoying. Yeah, so you're taking on the heart role or hard task that Bill doesn't want to do, basically. The stuff he doesn't have time for, mostly. Yeah. I think that's fair. Cheryl, I feel like we, we know everything we need to know to be successful. We just don't do everything we know. Right. There's a lot of stuff that we know we're supposed to be doing that because of my responsibilities on campus and Cheryl's responsibilities as a um, mom at home, uh, we, we try to keep our priorities straight. And so there's a few things that we know could make the place a lot better, but we let those things go. And, and they're on the list of things to do, but we just, we just want to make sure we prioritize our lives as well as the business. I mean, obviously, you guys do know what you're doing a little bit because you have award-winning pizzas uh, that you just received. Uh, can you tell me a little more about that? Like, how did you guys learn about that circuit and what went on? Like, what was the competitions like? So, <clears throat> the competitions are really cool. I don't know. I think, I know a couple of industries that'll have competitions, but pizza seems to have quite a few. And my first exposure to competition was through the Pizza Expo, which happened in 2012. So I told you that I went to San Francisco in 2012. My, my introduction to Tony came when I went to the Pizza Expo and I saw that, that he was doing a dough demonstration. I found out that he had a school and that's kind of how I learned about it. The Pizza Expo also is where these competitions happen. That's the biggest biggest pizza competition in the United States is in Vegas at the Pizza Expo. And so that's where we got our first taste. And actually, it's kind of funny because I don't even remember if the Expo was my 
first knowledge of competition because after going to Tony's school, within a few months, I got an invitation to compete in the World Pizza Championships in Parma, Italy. Because, because I was a graduate of that school, I got a, they said, you can go and compete. And I was like, wow, that'd be so cool. Uh, it wasn't the right time for me, but I always wanted to do that since I got that letter. So uh, Pizza Expo came around. We opened this place in 2018. In 2019, we went to the competition. Got second place in the Northwest region for my division. Then And then uh, the following year, I entered the traditional division, and I got second place in the Northwest region again. It was kind of like I was doomed to get second in the Northwest region. <laughs> and then this year, I didn't come anywhere close to placing. It was uh, disheartening. Went to Parma and did get to compete in the World Pizza Championships. Uh, last year, I was the top American in the classic division and placed close to 100 out of 400 overall. So I felt pretty good about that performance. And this year, um, in the pan division, I was 23rd out of 88. So uh, I've been kind of getting better and better as I go. And then finally, this year, uh, this just, when was it last? It was August, right, this month? It was still this month. Uh, we went to Napa and did the Real California Pizza Contest. This is the one where uh, El Pollo Borracho took the grand prize. And uh, before I tell you that, I want to just tell you a little bit. We also have our, a lot of our team members compete. So once a year, we have a competition at Righteous Slice, and the winner gets a trip to Las Vegas to compete in the International Pizza Challenge. And so we bring our employees down there. We let them compete here. It gets their skills better. It gets them bought into our vision. When they go to Las Vegas, they come back totally energized about the pizza business and about the life of a pizza maker, and it's just great. Uh, it's, it's like pizza con, you know. Um, there's a little something for everyone, and if you like pizza, it's just the greatest place in the world. So uh, we bring them down there, and this year our manager won first place in the Northwest region, and close to 15 overall out of 90 entrants with a pizza we call the Hellfire Brisket. It's got brisket, it's got some blue cheese, it's got some onions, and then uh, some pickles, and, uh, and a uh, mustard-based barbecue sauce that's just out of this world. Sounds like it. Yeah, we run that as a special every so often. Um, it's a very, any of these pizzas are a little more intricate, so we don't st stock them on a regular basis because we just wouldn't sell that much. But, you know, when we, we make that pizza, it's got like $8 worth of brisket on it. Just brisket. And uh, our Pollo Borracho pizza, has uh, it's got a very high cost to us, but it's worth it. That one, um, I created that this spring. I was, uh, I wanted to do, I've been wanting to do an elote corn pizza, like that Mexican crazy corn. Yeah. I want to do something like that for a while. And... I also thought a protein on it would be good. And chicken, you know, people ask for chicken here all the time. We don't normally have it. And somehow I just came up with tequila lime chicken and elote corn combined. And so this has a Oaxaca cheese. And then it's got jalapenos, corn, and our tequila lime chicken, which I grill here. And we don't have a grill here. So I've got this little metal grill that I shove into the oven. I let it get super hot, and then I pull it out, throw the chicken on the grill, and put it back in the oven. It's, 
it's a process that takes takes me a lot of time and I have to do it when we're closed and no one else is here but uh, it's got that chicken and then the jalapenos and then oh the corn we just got a huge shipment of corn today from um, our friends in Blackfoot and so it's this beautiful fresh sweet corn that we roasted in the oven cut up and put on there so that's great then, it, then we finish it with six different things. So this is not normal. You, pizza comes out of the oven, usually it goes in a box, and you take it home and eat it. In this particular case, we put creme fraiche, which is like a homemade sour cream, and then we put queso fresco, California queso fresco, and then a tahine, which is that Mexican, that kind of orange Mexican spice that you put on the crazy corn. Yeah. And then after that, we add cilantro, lime pickled red onions, and then a little wedge of lime on each slice that you can squeeze the lime juice onto the pizza to get that extra pop of citric acid so it's uh it's a special pizza absolutely yeah sounds like a workout before you even take your first bite well and it's so cool because it's got this really delicate pink and light green color profile that you just don't see in a pizza and you look at it and go that's that's it's just an interesting pizza to look at and when you taste it it's got a lot going on but um, it's the flavors go together pretty well. So I don't want to give away any of your secrets, but is there a certain way that you would curate that pizza? Like is the sauce first, obviously, right? No sauce. I just put the cheese down and then, then the jalapenos, corn and chicken go on. We bake it in the oven. We drizzle a little olive oil around the crust to give it a little more of a fried crispy texture. And then when it comes out of the oven, that's when those other six toppings go on. So a lot of it goes on after, but the onions are pickled, so they're delicate. And the cilantro doesn't need to be cooked, of course. And then queso fresco and tahine and, and uh, creme fraiche are all after toppings, so it's good. The, the, the queso fresco is especially cool because it's a crumbly cheese. You might think like a Parmesan or Romano cheese, but the Mexican queso fresco is also moist. So it crumbles, but it's moist. And, and it doesn't melt when you put it on something that's hot. So it retains its texture, but it melts in your mouth. It's a really, really cool effect. So going back to the competitions, what exactly are you guys judged on when it comes to the pizza? Well, so in California, this particular time, there were, I, I don't remember all the criteria, but for sure the taste was important. The crust and the bake were important the creative use of California cheeses, because it's the California Milk Advisor Awards contest. So they want to make sure they're featuring creative use of California cheeses. And then the um, viability in the market of that pizza, like how, how likely is it to be successful as a product? And the inspiration speech. Was there anything else, Cheryl? Not that I remember. I think that's everything. Yeah, so the speech is kind of the different one because it's not normal for a pizza contest to include a score for the speech that the contestants give. But in this particular case, uh, they wanted us to tell not the story of that pizza, but the story of what inspires us as pizza makers. And that was a, a big part of the competition. So... Being, uh, you know, employees and owning a pizza place, do you have many pizza nights at home or is that just... Every <laughs> night's pizza night for us. <laughs> Not as much, uh, especially when we first were opening and experimenting with everything. 
We got to the point where the kids would be like, not pizza again. <laughs> Can we just have like a burger, quesadilla or something? That's true. In fact, it's funny. When we were building this place, it was not uncommon for us to go over to Little Caesars and grab a couple of pizzas and eat in the park as a family because we were so busy, that was the, the best thing we could get. And then after we were open, we'd be here so late that everything was closed in town. We would, we would drive by Wendy's three or four nights a week and get a Wendy's. I love the son of a Baconator. <laughs> Such a great burger. You know, I just, I'm kind of hungry for one right now. You might have to make it into a pizza. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's a good contest idea. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> like I told you guys, this is my first time. I've always come by there, but first time stepping in here and seeing the design of the place, which I absolutely love. Is there any messages that you have for the community that's going to hear like this interview who don't know about you and, you know, like me, curious to check it out, but haven't yet. You know, it's interesting. When we first opened, when we first opened, I think the word on the street about us was that place is really expensive and only okay. And there were a few people who understood Neapolitan pizza, who understood that those, it's supposed to be wetter and softer and, you know, all those things that a lot of Americans aren't used to, they really carried us through. And so the first thing I'd like to say is thank you to the people who, who came in and who loved us even when we weren't as good as we knew we were going to be. And, and I think there's a lot of people in the community that we owe that to because we wouldn't have made it without them. And then, to, and then I think our, our brand became, it's expensive and really good. And, you know, I feel like it's kind of funny, but when you think about it, if you're, if you're a college student listening to this or you're a member of the Rexburg community, you think, gosh, the Righteous Slice, True Believer, or Pepperoni Pizza, those 18-inch pizzas, those are 25 bucks. It's, not, it's only a couple dollars more than what you get at a chain. But if you're going to come in with a party of four, you can feed four people, get drinks for everybody, and for 35 bucks, feed four people, that's, that's less than $10 a person. Mm -hmm. So it's still an affordable option, uh, but we always focus on quality. So our, our values are quality first, genuine hospitality, and excellence in all we do. And we promise anyone who comes here that they're going to get our very best. It may not be the fastest. It may not be the cheapest. But it's, it's going to be the best product that we can deliver with the best hospitality and with excellence surrounding everything that we do. And that's, that's really what I hope people will, will take away. And, and if that's what you're looking for, you'll find it here. Well, I feel like the community, the town is a little empty now, but in a couple of weeks, start of the fall semester, there's definitely going to be some students looking for employment. Are you guys currently hiring right now? We are always hiring the most righteous people. So the way we look at the world, if there's someone awesome out there that, that's going to be a good fit for us, we want them here and we'll find a place for them. Well, thank you so much, Bill. Cheryl, you're amazing. Thank you for your comments as well. And um, I, I look to spread the word about the righteous slice. All right, thanks, brother.